Good morning, family. Welcome to our lounge. And uh, it's great to be able to spend this time with you on this Sunday. I trust that you are all really doing very well and that you are just in a good place and uh, experiencing the grace of the Lord. I know many people are struggling during this time, both emotionally, and I know also that people are struggling, some with food and just with money and income. Uh, but I, I pray that the Lord's grace will be upon you and that you will experience just His presence, His goodness in every, every area of your life. Today I want to talk with you about this time that we in particularly and how do we recognize God's moving and that this is actually a time where God is busy visiting us. And I think it's so important that we look through everything that's happening and in the midst of it all see the Lord's hand and see His goodness with us. I'm sure like me, you've often missed something. Uh, you know, sometimes Natasha tells me to do something and I think I've, I understand what she says and I think I know what she means, but then later only to discover that I completely misunderstood or sometimes didn't even hear what she was saying. And then I get in all sorts of trouble as I, I'm sure other husbands and men will know that you do get in trouble with your wife every now and then because you just misunderstood or misheard what completely what she was saying. And uh, it can be in a time like this also that we mishear and misunderstand what is really going on and, and completely misunderstand what God is doing in such a time as this. And, and therefore I want to share with you and hopefully that we can all recognize this is a time where the Lord is among us and where He is visiting us and doing some specific things in our planet, in our nation, in our city, and in each and every one of our lives. I wonder if you remember the story, if you know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. You remember that Joseph was the second youngest of 12 brothers. And uh, he, it says in the scripture that he was loved by his father a bit more than the rest of the brothers. And the rest of the brothers knew this. And it started getting under their skin, started irritating them a bit. And then there came a situation when Joseph was about 17. So, I mean, he was young. Some of his brothers were probably late 20s, perhaps even early 30s. They were men. They were, you know, had families and, and, and were going on in life and achieving things. And here comes this 17-year-old upstart, young guy, with no poise and no tact and no wisdom. And he comes and tells them about a dream that he had, that he dreamt that he was... Um, uh, the, he dreamt of, of the sheaths of, of the field. And the, the gist of the dream was that, that he saw how his father and brother actu brothers actually bowed before him. And when he told them, his family, you can understand that they were like, what, are you really saying that we're going to bow down to you, that you're going to be more important than all of us? And uh, they quickly put him in his place and told him, that, that's just not on. Are you stupid, man? And then he went and, and he had the dream a second time. This time, even on a grandiose scale, it was the sun and the moon, and everybody bowed before him. And again, with no wisdom intact, he shared it with them. And uh, already the fact that his father seemed to love him more than he loved the rest really upset his brothers. And, and then the story unfolds of how they, they, they take him hold of him, they act like he was dead, and they, then they sold him into slavery. And this became a journey, a, a part of a journey of the life of Joseph that was very difficult. He ends up finally falsely accused, and he ends up in prison. So he must have been early 20s, possibly 20, late teens, and this young man ends up in prison. Very far from his family, they... they his father and mother believes he's dead. 
His brothers have written him off. They're not speaking about him. They, they're putting him out of their minds. And he's forgotten, left alone there on, in, a, in a prison and um, <clears throat> just trying to survive. Now, if you, if you were a, a, in that time a person that saw this story unfold, perhaps you were living in Egypt at the time and, and you were like one of those lawyers that you often see a movie on television that, that try and help guys that have been wrongfully imprisoned and go and reopen the case and fight the case. You, you, if you followed the story of Joseph and then you came across just what really happened and, and, and had interviews with him perhaps and followed this, you would have gone, let's save Joseph. And you would have started a campaign because from your perspective, what you were seeing was an injustice being done. That you were seeing somebody being mistreated by their family and by the legal system and is wrongfully imprisoned and it and, and Joseph would have welcomed you coming, stepping in and, and fighting his case and fighting his, his cause for him. And everybody would have understood and, and you would have been, you know, felt like a good person, felt like a hero at the time because you are now stepping in and solving somebody's problem. The problem is just you would not have been recognizing what was really going on. This would be one of those situations where you misunderstood where you only had your perspective to rely on and your perspective didn't give you the full picture because God was busy doing something. It may not have looked like it to Joseph or to anybody else looking on. It may have just looked like such a bad situation of injustice, but God was busy working. God allowed it all to happen and God was working in the midst of it, doing something that only later on, in many, many years later, do we see the result of what God was doing in that time that Joseph was being treated so unjustly? And we read about it in Genesis 50. And uh, when, when finally now God orchestrated situations through the famines and the, and the short, shortage of food, that Joseph's family comes back to Egypt. And lo and behold, he's now the second in charge in Egypt. And he's actually the guy in charge of food distribution. Um, he's the one that has to make sure that not only the Egyptians, but people beyond them that come and ask for food, have enough food. And here his brothers appear before him. And they don't recognize him at first, but he recognizes them. And eventually, you know, he reveals to them who they are. And then they get really concerned because now what's going to happen? They go back to their father and, they, and, and they've got to come back to Joseph. And this is where we pick up the story. In Genesis 50 verse 20, we read this really amazing verse. When he speaks to them and he tells them uh, that, that who he was and um, they come back and they tell him that his father has died in the meantime. They, they, they're now having a conversation and in, let me first read verse 15 for you. It says, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? And you can understand. This is Joseph's moment where he could take them to task and 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 exact revenge on them and, and get even for everything they've done. But as this conversation unfolds, this is what Joseph says in verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, Joseph over the years realized and God revealed to him and God was working with him. And I think he started realizing that God was doing something more. And obviously when he became the prime minister of Egypt, he suddenly realized that, that wow, what an amazing thing that he's in a, a position to do this and help with the food, food distribution. 
But I think that moment when his brothers appeared before him, he really understood what God was doing. That actually God was taking him from his family, putting him in a position so that he could provide for his family. Nobody would have guessed that. Nobody would have thought that that's what happened. And Joseph didn't think that when the, at the time it happened. At the time it happened, he was also having to deal with this injustice. But now, over the perspective of time and having seen how things have unfolded, he could look back and see what they intended to harm him, God used for good and to save many. I know when we're in difficult times. I know when I'm in a difficult time. It's so hard to understand what's going to happen. It's so difficult to, to think that good can come out of it when we're really struggling. And right now, as, as a world, we are in this time of, the, of fighting with COVID-19 and, and the death toll is rising and nations are struggling to come to terms with it. And what's the best way to deal with it? The economy is failing. Our economy is, 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 is teetering and it's really struggling. Many people are struggling. The, now that we're in an extended lockdown, we're starting to see how many people are needing food and how many people are, are needing help. And, and we look at it and we can say, man, this is a terrible time. This is an awful time. And it is. But as believers, we have to also have the ability to recognize that God may be doing something in this time. That God may be using what has been intended for evil and doing good in it. And I think as a church, we be, we're recognizing that this is a time where God is working. And I want to invite you and ask you to recognize that this is a time where God is working. We see this theme unfold throughout the scripture. Often, people in scriptural times had to remind their people that even though it's really difficult and it's hard, and it may be unjust and unfair, that God has not left the building. God has, has not stopped working. God is right there and busy amongst these people. I think of in, in Acts 13 verse 41, Paul is sent to the church in Antioch, to, and he's preaching to the Gentile believers, and he's talking with them, and they were experiencing challenges, and he, and he, and he says these words to them in Acts 13 verse 41. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. And he's, he's saying to them, God is busy doing something that you wouldn't believe what God is busy doing. And what he's, he's actually quoting a verse from the Old Testament. He's quoting Habakkuk 1 verse 5. In Habakkuk 1 verse 5, the prophet writes to the people of God. And I'll give you the context now, but just listen to what he says to them. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. You see, the nation of Israel was at a time where God allowed the Babylonians to, to rise up as a superpower. They become the strongest power in the world at that time. And they had this King Nebuchadnezzar. And if you want to know who's the human villain of the Old Testament, it's this guy, Nebuchadnezzar. He caused more harm and damage to peoples of the time more than anybody else really a bad guy. But God allowed him to come into power. And then what Nebuchadnezzar did is he ransacked Israel also, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. And God's people were suffering great injustice, were suffering just under great terror and, and their lives. And, and they were 
plucked from their homes. And, and you know how the story of the Old Testament unfolds and how they were put in captivity and, and really being treated so unfairly. And Habakkuk's problem is, is, as he looks at this, he says, God, where are you? Why are you doing nothing about this? You, you're not acting in any way. We see all this terrible stuff happening, and your people are, are suffering. And, and I know, Habakkuk says, that your people have done evil, but they're not anywhere compared to the evil, can be compared to the evil that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar has done. How is it that you are seeming to prosper this guy at the expense of your own people. Where are you? What are you doing? And it's God speaking to Habakkuk and revealing things to Habakkuk that Habakkuk finally comes to these words. Let me read it for you again. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Can I put before you that we can say this exact same verse? Look at the nations and be amazed. Is it possible that God right now is busy doing something that you and I would find very hard to believe, even if we were shown a, a, a video of exactly what's going on? It would be so hard for us to understand what God is doing. But God is busy working. He's busy setting up things. It may only be that years from now that we will realize all the effect of what God has been doing. I'm not saying the things that are happening is, is not bad and it's not unjust and there's struggles and, and we see how this is affecting people. And it really is bad. I don't think God is in the bad. What I'm saying is let's not miss what God is busy doing. We, it's so easy to be so filled in your vision and in your heart with all the terrible things that are going on that you start reacting towards that and not recognizing that God is doing something. Jesus had the same problem when he was on earth. And when he spoke with people, they were seeing other things going on and had expectations of Jesus and was hoping for things. And you know how the, the Israelites were trusting that Jesus was going to be the Messiah that would overthrow the Roman government and restore the nation and the kingdom of Israel as a political power. And they had these expectations of Jesus. And then Jesus came and he did not fulfill their expectations. And they were having real problems with him. And in the week that there was building up to the crucifixion of Christ, he said the following as he was speaking with uh, the, the Jewish people. He said in Luke 19, verse 43 into 44. The days, will come, uh, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. In other words, there's terrible days that are coming. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now the translation says, you did not recognize the time of God's visitation. You did not see that God was actually doing something in your time. You see, because the Israelites were not seeing that Jesus was the Messiah. Because they couldn't recognize him. They, he didn't behave the way they were expecting. He didn't do what they thought he should be doing. I mean, and, and, and as I think of us so often, we have expectations that we put on God. 
We think God should act in certain ways. I mean, nowadays we live in a world that people very readily say, if, you know, if this and this is, this is happening, then how can God be God? Because God doesn't act according to our expectations always. Because we have such limited perspective. We have such limited viewpoint of what is actually going on. And that we don't recognize when God is at work. Because it, it doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. And as believers right now, we have to make sure that we recognize what God is doing. I want to encourage you, recognize what God is doing. Recognize that in the midst of all of this, God is visiting us. You know, when you have somebody to, that comes and visits you, it means it's for a period of time. It's, 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 it's going to come and it's going to pass. It's a particular moment. It's a particular event or a season. And if you don't recognize the moment where somebody comes and visits you, you can miss it. It, it can pass you by. Somebody once said, when, when opportunity knocks on the door, do you complain about the noise or do you welcome in the opportunity? We can easily complain about the noise. And again, I want to say, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay attention to what's going on around us and be part of fighting COVID-19. No, we have to. Because in that is the opportunity. God didn't prepare Joseph by removing him from the realities of his time, he pushed him right into the midst of the realities of his time. I mean, Joseph's time in prison was a little microcosm of an experience that was, that was shared by many people of the time. And we're experiencing some of the real challenges of brokenness of this world and, and, the, and, the, and mankind's sin and evil. God's not saying to us, get out of it and have nothing to do with it in the sense of, you know, escape from it. But what God is allowing us all right in the midst of us. But what makes you and me different as believers is we can see through this. We can see God at work in the midst of us. And it's that that gives us hope. When we see the, 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 the stock exchanges plummet, we see it. We feel it. All of us. We're all affected by it. When we, when we see businesses not able to, to function, we, we feel it. It's real. And we all have to be helpful and be part of that. But we as believers see that, but also recognize that God is busy working. This is a moment of God's visitation. I don't want to say to you too much about what I think God is doing at this time, because it will be presumptuous. But I want to say to you, God is working. As I've been speaking with different leaders from across the world, on different forums and platforms, one of the things that we're seeing is how the walls are coming down between churches and movements and, and, and church movements and how people are starting to cooperate and coordinate their efforts and work together. And that's making a big difference in the world. That may be something that we we'll look back and see, wow, look at what God did during this time. This is a small thought, but there's many things. Right now, that is busy happening. God is visiting us at the moment. Let's recognize. I want to talk to you about the word recognize for a little bit. And how do we recognize? The word recognize is an interesting word in the English language. It's, it's a word that is adapted from an old French word. And the, and the word in its original 
seemed to, to mean to know again or to identify. It means that there was something that you knew that you lost the knowledge of it, and then you gained back that knowledge. They often use the term in, 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 in when they spoke about also uh, resuming possession of a piece of land. When somebody had a piece of land, they lost it for some other reason or lost the use of it or lost being able to produce on it, and then the atmosphere or the situation changed it, and they were able to repossess that land or make that land fruitful again. It's, it's that what the word means. It's to recognize. If, the, if you break the word up, it's to recognize. Cognition is the ability to think. It's the ability to know. So when we talk about recognizing, we're talking about re-knowing something, having your mind become aware of something again that you used to know, that you had knowledge of. What are we recognizing? What were the Jews supposed to recognize when they were under Babylonian captivity? What were the Israelites at the time of Jesus supposed to recognize? What were the Gentiles supposed to recognize, to remember, to come to awareness of it again? Well, I can tell you what the Jews forgot during the time of, of the Babylonian captivity and why they were allowed to go under such terrible is they forgot that God was the only God. And they started worshiping idols again. So they had to recognize that God is the, the God of the universe. The Israelites forgot that God was their ultimate king. And they were so concerned about the political problems they had with the Romans. that So they had to recognize who God is. The Gentiles had to recognize that, that the God of the Jews is the only God through the Messiah that came. I want to read you something that a guy by the name of T.F. Hodge wrote. He said this, Deep within, there is something profoundly known, not consciously, but subconsciously. A quiet truth that is not a version of something, but an original knowing. What this absolute truth is may be none of our business, but it is there guiding us along the path of greater becoming, a true awareness. It is so self-sustaining that our recognition of it is not required. We are offspring of such a powerfully divine force, creator of all things known and unknown. You see, every one of us that were created were made in the image of God, and we have this knowledge in us. The scripture says in Romans, that it is evident to all men that God is real. And we have this knowledge within us that God is the creator of the universe. But we forget. We lose that knowledge along the way because we get so sidetracked. We get so distracted. We become so caught up in our own desires and our own lives. And we turn to idols. I mean, one of the great things that's happening during this time of COVID-19 is that many idols have been removed. I'm not saying that live sport, watching sport can ever be an idol. I mean, please, I don't think that. I enjoy live sport. But it may be that we have become so caught up in our favorite sports team and that we spend so much time on things like that. But right now, I mean, I've watched the, the, the 2019 Springbok winning World Cup match now four or five times because there's nothing going on. It's been removed from us. Many things like that. It gives us opportunity to recognize again. And many people have commented, and perhaps you felt the same way, of how you've recognized what 
really is important in life because we are in a space of recognizing, coming aware again. A guy by the name of Ludwig, Ludwig Wittgenstein said, knowledge is in the end based on acknowledgement. It's what we acknowledge to be true and real that affects our lives. So if you want to be part of what God is doing, the first step is you have to recognize. You have to become aware of the deeper truth. Once we have recognized, once we have had our minds brought to the acknowledgement that God is busy doing something, then there's a second step that we take. And that step I'd like to call reorienting ourselves. So if you recognize, you have to reorient. Now the word reorient makes me think of when I'm driving around with my GPS, often when I'm overseas and I'm driving with, a, with my app on my phone and trying to find a place, you know, and, and when you drive and you take a, route, a wrong route, then it says your GPS either speaks to you and says uh, rerouting or, or, you know, finding a new route and then it tells you to turn around. It's, it's trying to reorient. Now, as soon as you have become aware, if you've recognized something, you have to reorient according to it. Because now there's different knowledge that determines how you act. And I want to say there's three steps that helps us reorient ourselves to, to come into line with what we have recognized. And these are also three R's. Sorry, there's a lot of R's coming your way. First of all, we have to reprioritize. If you want to reorient yourself because you've recognized something is happening, you have to reprioritize. If it is true that God is working among us, then you have to reprioritize some things in your life to fit in with that knowledge. You have to change. You may have to replace some old activities with new activities. Or you may have to pick up some activities that you have neglected. How many of us have recognized that in this time we have to reprioritize time with the Lord? And, and if you want to be in a space where you can recognize what God is doing and allow the Spirit of God to work in with you, to reorient you towards what He's going to do and what's going to happen and unfold, you have to make time with Him. You have to come into a space where you say, Lord, I spend time with you regularly. And then He starts shaping your heart and moving you because you have started responding to what you have recognized by reprioritizing. The second thing is to reposition. We must take new, up new positions, not against something, but for something. When, G, when it was understood by the people of God that God was visiting them, they had to reposition themselves. We have to get a new vantage point. You see, if, if my position that I've taken up is to see the problem, to focus on the problem, then my, my, I have taken up a space where it gives me the best vantage point so I can understand the problem. And, and I know with social media and with news broadcasts, and now right now, I mean, we can watch the new broadcasts from all over the world. You can assume a position where you consistently view and where your position allows you to see all the problems that there are in the world right now. But if you're recognizing that God is busy working, you have to take up a different position. You have to go put yourself in a place where your vantage point is better so that you can see what God is doing. And that may require that as you start shifting and you move and you look at what God is doing, that you realize, but I don't have the right vantage point. And then you move again until you get to the place where you can see what God is doing. You get the best vantage point 
you can get. You want to get the best seat in the house to see what God is doing. And that may mean you don't have the best seat anymore to see what the problems are, to see all the bad effects of COVID-19, but that you, are, that you have a bit of a worse vantage point. You can, you can still see what that is doing, but you're really positioned better to see what God is doing. I wonder how you are positioned in this time. Are you spending too much time being aware of the problems and not enough time in a good vantage point to see what God is doing? You have to reposition yourself. And then the third R in terms of being reoriented is to realign. Realign. We need new alignments, and which may include new allies. We, if, if we've had a certain truth that we've worked off and we recognize that there's different things going on. We may have to change the people that we aligned with because the people we used to align with for the old truth that we were in is no longer, can't help us with the new things that we have recognized. We have to change our alignment and make sure that we have the right partnerships, the right friends, the right thoughts that are being shared with us that helps us. If you've done these three things of reprioritize, re realign, so, sorry, in realignment, you have reprioritized, repositioned, and realigned yourself, then you will be reoriented so that you can see what God is doing and it can grow in you. You become more aware of it. Like Joseph, that he had to, in his life, continuously reposition himself, realign himself with what God is doing. And then the last thing, is to react. And I, I use the word react to listen to me. React, to act again, to act in a different way. Because you may have acted consistently with what you knew, and now God has caused you to recognize He's moving. Now you have to react to that and not to what you used to know and what used to be your truth. Reacting. I think of the, one of the criminals that were the thieves that were with Jesus on the, uh, at the crucifixion on the cross. Remember, there were two of them. The one started mocking Jesus because he did not recognize who Jesus was. The other one, in that moment, recognized who Jesus was. And he changed his positioning. He changed his viewpoint. And he spoke about it to Jesus and he said, Lord Jesus, will you have mercy on me so that today I can be in paradise with you? If he did not recognize on, in that horrible moment of three men hanging on a cross, if he didn't in that moment have the ability to recognize the opportunity that was put before him, he wouldn't have said that. And then Jesus said these amazing words with him. Today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, what an amazing thought. His whole situation got changed because he recognized the moment. He recognized that he was in the presence of God and that how horrible it was. He could have been you know, so focused on everything that happened that why he was hanging on a cross and now it's unjust and, and it's wrong that he's hanging on a cross and, and blamed so many people for what was going on and missed the opportunity like the other thief did. But he didn't. He recognized that he was with Christ and he reacted because of what he recognized. We need to act differently. This is a time for the church to act differently. It's a time for you and me to act according to what we have recognized. I want to tell you that as our two churches, Hatfield South, Hatfield East, we have been 
recognizing that God is visiting us. And as leaders, we've spent time in prayer and considering and talking with each other about what is it that God is doing. And, and, and we don't have the perfect understanding of that yet. And I'm not going to tell you presumpt- that I presume to know perfectly what God is doing. But we're seeing something growing. And because of that, we have realigned. Our, we have also brought a place of reorienting ourselves. And we've started getting involved and doing some things. And, and, and you may not be aware, but we've been doing a lot already in terms of just helping people through a difficult time like this. Reorienting ourselves, reprioritizing some things. We obviously have been looking at our own community and, and the needs of the people in our own community and, and where people have had shortage of food or, or just help. We've, we've got stuck in through our, our teams in both churches and, and have been serving people. And I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're having emotional needs at this time or if you're having even financial needs, speak to us. There's the talk to us at Hatfield email address that you can use. But the best way to do it is if you can get in contact with your pastor at Hatfield East or your shepherd at Hatfield South. Communicate with them. Because we are positioned to want to help you. And we have had structures that we always help our people. And we've just ramped that up a bit. And we're doing what we can for our own people. But not only are we doing for our own people, we're also involved with many things outside of our community. And, and in the East Church, we've been feeling the Lord tugging our hearts for, a, for about the last year. We've been sensing the Lord speaking to us about the homeless people. And we've been praying and seeking the Lord. And, and when this started unfolding, we recognized that this is a moment where we can start stepping into that space. And so we have formed partnerships with the Twani Church, uh, uh, the Twani Leadership Forum. Sorry, Twani Church, not Twani Church Leadership Forum. That's another forum. The Twani Leadership Forum. And with them and in cooperation with a, a, another church close to us, Österlich Inkechem Church, we are actually right now housing 18 elderly homeless people. Remember last year at the, at the Faith Promise, we had an excess that was given, and we started what we called the Disaster Relief Fund. Out of that fund, we have gave 20,000 rand to the President's Solidarity Fund, and then we took 100,000 rand, and we've been feeding and looking after these people at Westerlich Engier Church. And Garth Tarbot, one of our staff members, is volunteered, and he's the site manager. And so we're really involved with, with this, that space and trying to make a difference there. At Hatfield South, there's hundreds of people have received uh, food parcels already over just the last week and a bit, and, we, and we're working with corporate uh, sponsors in that and trying to feed many, many people in some of the uh, outlying areas and, 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 and places where uh, needy communities, elderly people, People in foster care, we are making sure that we are right there supporting them and helping them. And uh, through our partner ministries at Hatfield, we are also working with them, making sure that they have what they need to be able to make a difference in communities all around us. So we involved. One of the things that we've also done with, in partnership with Community Impact Trust, um, we have uh, made available for business people that are struggling, that they can get help from professionals to help them to apply for UIF funding for their staff. And um, we've helped some businesses already. And if you need help, you can still, you can make use of the government that's opened up UIF during this time, that if you can't pay your staff, that they can still get, that they can still get paid. But it may be that you're struggling, you don't know what to do. Then I want you to send a, an email to business at hatfield.co.za and they'll be in contact with you and, and professional people at no cost to you, uh, Community Impact Trust will carry the cost 
will help you on how to apply for the help that the government has for you. We are also offering people emotional support. And we've been doing very many various things to make sure we're communicating with people and that we're out there helping people. We, I want to encourage you the best way, again, if you need help emotionally, spiritually during this time, is to connect with your pastor at Hatfield and your shepherd at Hatfield Christian Church South. If you don't know them, you phone the church office. We've got ways that we, you can, or you send the email to talk to us at hatfield.co.za. And, and we will contact you. We'll put somebody in personal contact with you to help you. We'll, we'll, we're also disseminating material through our uh, uh, social media platforms. We're sending out material from professional psychologists to how to help people during this time. We're also offering some, some training and seminars. And, and, and we'll be in the next week, we'll be doing from the Hatfield East side, there'll be webinars on marriage because we recognize that some marriages are struggling during this time. There'll be financial help in terms of how to manage your finances, both now and after this, this time. And also, uh, one of our staff members will be helping with just talking with people about depression and how to recognize and, and work with this in this time if you've got depression. So please watch all of our platforms, and it's important that you be engaged with us. If you don't follow us on Facebook, if you're Hatfield Christian Church South, follow their Facebook page. If you're Hatfield Christian Church East, follow their Facebook page. And Instagram and our YouTube channels. Make sure that you're aware of everything going on so that we can support you during this time. We're involved with seniors in both churches. We've got ways that we are reaching out to the seniors to make sure that they're not isolated and that they have the, the care they need. We're also spending time in prayer. Tuesday nights at Hatfield South is a worship that is put on our, on our Facebook page. And you can be part of the worship. And, and we've got prayer initiatives that are happening. Hatfield East, Wednesday nights, there's a prayer and worship evening that Luke Fonamara facilitates where we, where we pray and we worship together. Make sure that you plug into all of those things. If you want to be part of a solution in this time, I know many of you say, how can I help? Because of social distancing, and I, just by the way, it's amazing. I, I heard today that that the WHO have asked that we don't talk about social distancing, but about physical distancing. And remember, we said that we think it's a better term, physical distancing. In the time of physical distancing, we, we can't get you to come out and do things. So the best way for you to contribute is to help us financially, to give to both churches. If you want to feed the, the, the needy, then pay money towards the church. Um, in, in the Hatfield East, a lot of what we're doing, we're funneling through our faith promise. So if you're faithfully giving to faith promise, you're already doing your bit. For through faith promise, we are able to help and uh, continue to give to faith promise. Hatfield South, if you want to contribute, then, then give money to the church. And if you want to specifically earmark it, just, you, you know, you can save food on your, on your internet transfer and we'll, we'll get food to people. We're working with corporate sponsors and so far we've been getting lots of food and distributing it as we can. But if you want to do more, help us in that way. But continue to give financially to the church. That's our focus. If you want to help somebody personally, then a great way to do it is to buy a voucher at, a, at one of the grocery stores. And, and you, can, you can arrange that somebody can get it from the grocery store and then they can actually go and buy food for themselves. And, or you can help pay somebody's rent if you can. There's many ways that we can help during this time if we recognize that God is among us. I want to, as I end this time together, say to you, yes, this is a tough time. 
Yes, this is a time where we see great suffering. And we must get involved and we must get stuck in. Because we recognize it's a time of God's visitation. And that if we respond appropriately, if we, if I can take you to my three points, just to remind you again, if we recognize, if we become aware of what God's doing, if we reorient ourselves by reprioritizing, repositioning, and realigning ourselves, then we can react and we can make the most of this moment and this time. And God is visiting with us. This time is going to end. Let's make the most of it right now. If you are struggling, communicate with us. Let us help you. We, we're there for you. We, we are here in this. But let's recognize this is a time of our visitation. I want to invite you, before I end in prayer, that every, every day I do a devotional, and we've ended the time, the 21 days in the book of uh, Philippians that we did. From Monday, I'm going to start in the book of Habakkuk and talk a little bit more about what Habakkuk teaches us about how to deal with a time such as this. So from Monday for six days, we'll have a devotional. Join me for that. That's on both Hatfield South and Hatfield East's uh, YouTube channels. And by the way, if you've not subscribed to our YouTube channels, if you're Hatfield South, subscribe to their channel. If you're Hatfield East, subscribe to the channel. Don't, I think 60% of the people that view us are not subscribing with us. Subscribe, because then you get the information, and then we also can keep track of you better. As I end the service, can I ask you after I've prayed, if you want to as a family or with your friends or online with somebody, just, just think about these two discussion points. Are you recognizing God's moving? How's your recognition going on at this point? What are you putting before your eyes? And then secondly, is how do you need to reorient your life so that you can act according to what God is doing? Just think about those two things. Share it with one another. But let me pray with you as we end the service. Lord, I thank you. Thank you that by your spirit and by your word, we can recognize a time of your visitation. We can see that you are here. You are among us. And I praise, Lord, pray that you would help us, Lord, by your spirit, not only to see and to recognize, but to reorient ourselves and so that we can act according to what you are doing. Let each of us, in our own space, in our own place, do what you have called of us to do so that the church can shine for the glory of the Lord. I pray for every family. I pray for every person. I particularly, first of all, pray for those that are struggling, Father, whether it's financially, physically, materially, or emotionally. I pray, Lord, that, that, that you would help them, that they would reach out, that they would get help that they can in this time. But I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would strengthen us. I pray for every business person. I pray right now that they would recognize you busy with them and in their business. I pray, Lord, that they would be strengthened by your spirit in their innermost being. And that all of us, Lord, would, would arise and shine because of what you are doing in this time. Thank you, Lord, that we have each other. May you be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For today, may the Lord be with you. May the Lord bless you. Amen.